Well, guys, there's a lot going on in our world right now, and we just want to have a conversation today about it. Many times we have pre-recorded episodes that we'll record weeks and sometimes even months in advance, but this is a really timely episode of the podcast. Uh, I'm excited to have this podcast, not only because it's something that everyone is talking about with changes in our world right now, but we as church leaders really need to be talking with other practitioners. And I've got a practitioner on the line today, uh, Garrett Gearhart. And actually, Garrett, I uh, had the opportunity and the privilege to walk alongside of him as his coach in this last season. Um, but uh, Garrett, I think you're really um, wired for this moment right now. And I think you are going to continue to be a prophetic voice uh, for the church in terms of technology, community, and the space in between. So why don't you give us a little bit of an intro uh, into who you are, your role there at the church, and really how this is affecting your life right now. Thanks, man. Well, uh, I'm really excited to be on the show. This is some important things that we need to be talking about. Yeah, so right now, uh, I'm the communication director uh, at a probably medium, large-sized church uh, here in Southern California. And as you can imagine, my role as a communication director has become really important when the vast majority of our communication as a church has now become remote and become digital. So I've definitely experienced a quite a bit of change and a little bit of scrambling and definitely some transition uh, in the past week. So um, what specific changes have you guys made as a church that you've had to be part of implementing? Well, obviously, uh, a lot of churches have gone completely online uh, when it comes to their uh, worship service on Sunday mornings. And that for some, you know, I, I think it's kind of funny for some, that's not a big deal, right? All, all they did was stop uh, meeting in their physical service because they already had uh, a well-established online campus, right? And so they were ready to go. Uh, I think that was probably for sure the minority if you're talking about in all the churches in America, including churches of 20 to less than 100 people. Um, so, right, so we've had to go uh, online with our worship service on Sunday morning, which is uh, – us, we were already doing a little bit of um, kind of on-demand service where the service would be available, say, Sunday night, uh, Monday afternoon for people to watch and for guests to check out our service. But nope, last Sunday, we are you know fully uh, streaming on Sunday morning at all of our three service times. Um, we are diving into the chat with our congregants. Uh, we are encouraging them to worship uh, at their home, in their living room, uh, with their family. And so that's been the biggest change for how we do church as normal. But then of course things have changed throughout the middle of the week because life groups aren't happening. Gosh, elder meetings, support groups, Bible studies, mom to mom groups, you know, none of those things are happening and we're trying to figure out uh, how can we replicate those things in a way that fits into people's new everyday life. Yeah. And there's a lot of things we don't think about right now, but one of the things that I don't think we're thinking about enough is that not only do we need to just like keep those things going, quote unquote, but I think people need those more now than they did. Because you're talking about moms, moms need to communicate with other moms. How are you doing this thing? Is it working for you? Um, our kids will be out at least a month, if not longer. Um, and so how do we keep these balls in the air? Um, how do we continue to grow and learn? And oh yeah, people are grieving some of the things that they're starting to lose, um, small business owner friends, things like that. So um, this isn't just a conversation about how we do church, and we need to keep that in mind. It's how we be the church, how we support people, how we care for people, many of them, again, who are facing significant loss. So let's kind of peel back 
um, some of the layers here of that. What layers of technology are churches going to have to work through in this season? You, you mentioned kind of just starting with live streaming your services. Go to some other deeper layers, Garrett. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, we're really um, having to replace and even uh, add more uh, ways to be the church. So when you, when you think about even some of the groups that I mentioned, you, know, you still think about kind of like one-way communication. Maybe someone's teaching. Maybe it's a Bible study with someone's listening and taking notes. But like you said, that's kind of only part of it. Like how do we like replace and dive into building community? Because, I mean, you know, we love patio time on Sunday morning, right, where we connect with the people we haven't seen maybe for seven days. We uh, connect with our life group, our life group leaders, and uh, those opportunities are gone as well. And so it's really, uh, it's at least I see it as a, definitely a two-part where you're trying to um, offer forms of, of worship uh, and forms of um, discipleship in maybe like a sermon format. But we're also trying to offer ways of pure community and connection and fellowship. And like you said, that's even more important because we're being isolated in our homes, many of us that we're not even giving connection and fellowship from people, maybe coworkers, even family members and our closest friends. So yeah, we're definitely leaning to technology uh, to help us accomplish that. And even the live stream thing, that is uh, a difficult nut to crack sometimes because um, I've been in some discussions where we're, many people in churches are debating, do we go fully live? Like on Sunday morning, like you would do like, hi, welcome everybody. And you're live there and they're watching with a five second delay. Or are you recording something, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, editing that, publishing that on Sunday morning. So that's streaming live. And then you're jumping in the comments. Uh, many of us decided there's kind of some pros and cons to both. Uh, the pre-recorded has got a higher quality but maybe, maybe less engagement because um, it really isn't uh, live in the same sense that, you know, Sunday service was live. So that, that's something we can dive into and something that people are going to have to make that decision. And that maybe that depends on volunteers and budget and things like that. Uh, but then for the community side, right, it's, I've seen this explosion of uh, apps like Zoom. I mean, I, I would imagine they're like people sign up for Zoom as like quadrupled in the last week, you know? Um, oh, it's gotta be, it's gotta be blown up. Yeah. It, oh, it was sure. like kind of business space at first. A lot of people hadn't heard about zoom several years ago and now it's just becoming the household tool. Yeah. Because you can meet with a hundred people, uh, for 40 minutes for free. And I mean, we're going to try our life group by zoom. We did like a discipleship group this week that we had at the church that was done by zoom. The elder meetings be done by zoom. Um, you know, that's, uh, it's a form of community because you're talk, talking with another and you can see one another. That's something we're going to have to figure out. But then, you know, the thing that we're really wrestling with when you talk about like the technological tools is something that we briefly touched on before is that like, there's still some of these negative biases to being fully connected online. You know, I mean, gosh, last week would I have recommended that people in my church spend hours a day on their smartphone chatting and looking at news feeds and stuff. Probably not, you know, because there were there were better options, things we could do with our time. But today is a new day, and I'm not sure if I would recommend spending less time on social, you know. Man, uh, what a call for discernment today. I mean, not only how much time we spend online, but where should we be spending our time? For some people, they just may be wrecked with fear right now. And so they actually need to be spending time with followers of Jesus who are saying, don't fear and let's lean in and um, 
you know, kind of putting our, our face and our heart in the word together or praying with other people um, versus just following Twitter newsfeed stuff or just following the news. Uh, and so even that isn't just go spend time online, but it's figuring out what's what's the right amount of time. We also have opportunity with our families right now. That's like unparalleled. We have family dinner every single night. We have no excuse to miss that right now. Right. And if if we had any excuses as dads right now, Garrett, suddenly we don't, right? Because we're like, oh, life's been canceled for my family. So I see the opportunity there. Um, and so, yes, it is it is tricky to see that. Um, you don't believe that this is just a change that's going to kind of blow over in a month or two months or whenever we get back to um, maybe life or quote unquote school as usual. Give us a little bit more, Garrett. Why do you think this fundamentally will change how we interact and even how we do church? For sure. Like if I think of, you know, church history, church innovation as a timeline, I mean, this is a, a big shift, a big fork in the road that um, changes have been made. You know, I like to just imagine uh, and think about the YouTube analytics last Sunday, Google was like, who are all these churches? Like, what are all these views happening? You know, I heard from, uh, from at least one local church that their viewership went way up on Sunday versus including people who were on campus the previous Sunday, as well as their online views. So I think we're touching on a nerve of where society has been going when it comes to the digital communities and digital space. And I think the church for better or worse, has been forced into that. But what we've seen is like this fruit from it. I was talking to one of my staff today, our children's pastor, and she's like, I don't know. I've seen all of a sudden like social media has become this, this immensely valuable gift to Christianity, to community development, where a week ago I would have said like, yeah, we could go, you know, I could take it or leave it. But now it seems like, I mean, real ministry, real gospel can be spread. I think those things have always been there. But I think what the, the big shift that I feel like is that I, in my role, I'm not having to convince anyone anymore that there is some value in, in creating opportunities in the digital space for people to connect to God, people to connect to each other, for discipleship, even for worship, meditation, and spiritual disciplines. I think those opportunities have always been there, but now it's just become like just a normal part of making sure church happens because we've been forced to, to only be able to use online tools. So I think churches are going to learn from this, even though they weren't necessarily ready to learn from it. And then going forward, they're going to um, look back on some of the most power, most uh, important things they learned from this online only uh, time in our church history. And they're going to bring some of those forward with them in church of 2021 and make sure they don't drop them and, and begin to offer things that they didn't offer in 2019. That's a good point. It's it's almost like before there were people who were cutting edge, you know, way back in the day. And then it was like, well, live stream sort of has to happen as a church and online giving and those kind of things. But I think there's still churches that were holding out, like we're not going to go that direction. And it seems like Facebook, YouTube, and others have become the highway that we're just going to have to get on to where we're going and uh, in many ways, I think it kind of like has pushed the curmudgeons out finally to say, we're, we're not just going to hold out. This could be a Christ in culture kind of thing. Um, and so I, I appreciate that. And you've always believed that, Garrett. That's something that's so yeah. unique about you is you believe highly in, in community, local community. Um, I don't know, face-to-face, 
um, high five, uh, Corona bump community, like physically touching uh, mm-hmm. community, but you also believe that we can create that online. So talk a little bit about that and how uh, community for you uh, can be a both and and not an either or. What's your heart behind that, Garrett? For sure, man. Like I've always been into technology and really, you know, early adopter of things. Uh, social media was was really cool when it first came out and jumped into those things. Uh, but as a seven, you know, I'm like super big on experiences. Like my dream days are like outside hiking or exploring uh, new cities and new places. And so I could see how walking down um, the road of, of online experiences being the only thing that you have in your life to connect with others. To me, that's uh, scary and that's sad. And I don't want to see it come to that. Um, but also spending time in that space, seeing the immense value. I mean, I, I mean we've all seen incredible things happen uh, because of our digital tools, people being served, people being loved on, um, people being able to communicate uh, during difficult times, even natural disasters. And so I recognized those values and I was like, I want to maintain those and keep those. But of course, rationally, I also want to maintain and keep the things that we find valuable from meeting in person and having real life experiences. And so I don't think it has to be one or the other. I think, I think of many of us and our personalities, we wish that it was because maybe we're a little bit more pragmatic and we wish that like, man, face to face is just better in all cases. So it's easier for me to kind of bow out of the digital space because, um, it's maybe not as a, a good way, uh, to do this Christian life thing. Um, but of course, I think this past week has changed that. And so I've always wanted to really merge the two. Like when, Even like when I recommend churches doing social media or starting podcasts, I'm like, just think of yourself doing that for your neighborhood. Like it does not have to be a goal for you to reach the whole state or the whole country with your new latest podcast or your new social media campaign or ad. Like your goal could just be a hundred homes. Like to me, there's value in a pastor sitting in a room with another pastor or ministry leader chatting about discipleship and the intended audience is a hundred families. Like that's, to me, that's value. That's like, you know, that's uh, micro connections that are just as important as, um, you know, offering things face to face for your community. So I think there's ways to do it. And I think that through this, we'll learn uh, what our community responds to and what they need. And we'll be able to move on in the future, really providing those and offering those touch points for them, both physically and digitally. I think you've got a really unique look at this, Garrett, because you do believe in both. And I think it's easy to discredit folks if they're like, man, you know, technology is no good. And it's, you know, third rate, fourth rate compared to face to face Um, or the other side to say, you know, anything new, it's all about technology. It's all about change. Um, I love how you come in with both of those kind of as parallel tracks to be thinking through. And I just experienced that personally myself, that people who I will meet face to face will have a running start with because they've tracked along with either me or stay forth designs, um, online ahead of that, or have even seen something that I've talked about or preached about or right here on the podcast. Uh, so it actually gives us more momentum face to face based on some of the online experiences that we've had, uh, with that. So I just, I appreciate that about your posture, Garrett. Um, Talk a little bit about some of the ways that churches um, can or are getting creative right now with technology. 
Yeah, you know, I've seen um, I've seen a lot of really cool things in the past five days. Uh, probably some things that I wouldn't expect. Uh, I saw um, last Sunday, you know, a youth pastor uh, hold his youth group with Zoom. You know, and you would think, wow, Zoom is, you know, like you said, it's like a business tool. Like, will students get on that? And it was he showed a picture of his computer and like three pages of 20 kids each on each page tuning in for a Bible study in a worship session. Wow. You know, I'm like that is, you know, I don't know if that I've ever see that happening just months ago. It would seem like that would be a, you know, a barrier to overcome. Um, so I think that's, you know, using those um, kind of conferencing tools in creative ways is really cool. I, something I saw even outside of the church, part of a big Facebook group with church leaders, somebody in the Facebook group who wasn't even a moderator was like, Hey, does anyone want to get on a a zoom call and chat? And within 10 minutes, like the first hundred slots filled up, somebody else was like, Hey, I'll host another one. Another hundred slots filled up in five minutes. So, you know, it could be, it could be your whole church that you offer a zoom call to. And you say, Hey man, as soon Hey guys, as soon as it fills up to a hundred, like we'll, we'll do another time slot at the next hour and it doesn't have to be this, like, let's just get on and chat about what's going on in our lives. And I'll lead with a couple of questions. I'd love to hear from everybody. And so those are ways that you can lead discussions and really, you know, really lean into this time that people have at home to spend some extra time on their devices. I've seen some really, you know, creative things with, with live streaming. Our, our youth group here at the church was really, they really wanted to keep those time slots of their youth group. I think it's like Wednesday at seven, Sunday at nine. And so, you know, they kind of said, you know, as, as, as much as I would like to pre-record and make this quality of this youth group gathering better, instead, we're going to live stream so we can like get those chat from students. I can mention the chat from the kids, you know, the kid's name, they're talking to us on chat. And you know what? They were 20 minutes late uh, to their first time slot, but man, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes in, they've got dozens and dozens of students in there chatting they have a time at home where they would have been at youth group anyways but they've been inside their house all day here they are connected again with their friends connected again with their youth pastor definitely in a platform that teens are used to right youtube they're like spend half their day there to begin with so you know and then you know the last way is is really thinking about like are you still offering and connecting with people in some of our spiritual disciplines like is there worship opportunities digitally are there prayer opportunities digitally? Um, what about leading people in some silence and meditation? Uh, I talked to uh, somebody recently who's offering, you know, like Zumba classes uh, through their church on social media because, well, for starters, people, some places can't even go to the gym right now. Um, you know, how can you be creative in the things that you offer during the week because your campus is closed? And if, and if people are on your campus all week long for different types of groups and meetings, like, how can we offer those touch points during the week? And the thing is, is it feels like a heavy workload. It feels like a lot to pull off as a staff or volunteers. And I would argue that it might be, and it might be more because you're in this transition where you're like, I haven't done things this way. So I'm kind of working really hard. But there's also a lot of things as church leaders that you're not doing, that you were doing, that you can now, you know, transition to begin to do these new things. I heard about uh, church that actually was splitting up all their people um, with, I don't know if they have five deacons and deaconesses, but splitting them all up into five groups. And those couples are literally calling one fifth of the church and just saying, how are you doing? Is there anything we can help you with? And so really splitting up care 
that way, even though it was just through the phone, I thought, man, what a great strategic idea. Some people are already thinking ahead about Easter and um, thinking about drive-in church. There's actually a church uh, down in Florida that made a deal with the drive-in movie theater as well that's actually doing drive-in church uh, in that way. And uh, and they're saying, who knows? Who knows for how long? But some of those things are going to stick. Um, I forwarded you an email of uh, some folks out in the Northwest that are seeing um, some incredible things with their campuses, and they've actually are saving some money and um, have gone to Zoom small groups and are seeing tons and tons of people. Um, the one thing I love about Zoom as well is there's less distractions. If you're on social media, you can be scrolling, but really on a Zoom call, you can put more focus there. Uh, so I, I would just say I'm really proud of the church right now innovating, and I think it would be um, it would be a miss for us to think we're just going to change how we do things um, via technology or via worship for a while or via preaching, but to say, how is this an opportunity? Now, is this going to hurt the bottom line of churches? Financially, sure, it, it's going to. People are going to have changes in their lives. Um, we know that some things are going to happen. We don't know exactly what, but I would just encourage you guys listening, whether you're a pastor, you know a pastor out there, there's going to be fear. There's going to be change. And before change brings opportunity, it brings loss. And there's going to be some things that we lose in the process, but there's some things that we need to lose in the process. There's some innovation we're going to gain from this. There's some new opportunities we're going to stumble on and discover and realize, wait a minute, there's some great, great, great opportunities here in the process. Um, Garrett, we can continue talking about this. I'm sure you and I will touch base over the next few weeks on this. Um, what else should churches be thinking about or considering uh, for the next few months? Yeah, one of the things I've been thinking a lot about is we really have to spread out some of this responsibility. As a communication director, I'm like, I, th- I told staff and our senior leaders, like, I can't carry the burden and the role of connecting with our church community online, digitally, even though maybe that was a lot of my primary role before this, making sure that people felt cared for, making sure comments were responded to. Like, there's no way that I can do that in the same capacity. And, and I shouldn't, right? The staff and pastors of the church should should feel a desire to want to connect with people wherever they are. But I think that also, if I'm being honest, it also spreads to our leaders as a church. Like, where are we handing over the reins um, in this new digital and remote church to our volunteers in the same way we did when we were on campus, right? On Sunday morning, like my church and probably your church is full of volunteers doing worship, doing greeting, doing childcare, full of volunteers, right? I mean, sometimes it's like a quarter of the people on campus are are serving in some capacity. So how can we get a quarter of our church or more to serve the church during these next few weeks or months? How do they see themselves as the church to reach out to their neighbors and friends, um, but also be contributors and thought leaders when it comes to um, sending out some of this online content and Bible studies and discussion groups and life groups and really empower them and encourage them uh, to lead in this and serve in the same way uh, that they were before this happened. I'll be honest though. It's, it's going to take more creativity and more innovation than we're used to because we could, could almost, this isn't a bad thing, but you know, Alan, we could almost always rely on somebody putting out a really stellar like, curriculum or some really good you know, models and plans on how to do this using some stuff from Saddleback or Church TV. Like there's been ways that we've been able to jump on um, successful methodologies of ministry and outreach, but man, like no one saw this coming. 
I think some of those resources are, are coming down the pipeline, but I don't know if we can wait. <laughs> we need to pray, ask God to give us creativity, ask God to inspire us, ask God to, to give us the strength to lead and maybe in a way that we've never led before. So we can make sure the people in the church are cared for and loved on and that the church is. That's great. A couple of things I want to make sure we don't miss in the process is parents. How do we disciple our kids better in this season? We have time and we have space. Even for my family, we've loved gathering um, each morning at either 10 or 1030. We schedule it for the next day. We actually just sit down with a Bible project um, video and then we talk about it. What did you learn there? And then we pray, um, you know, who needs prayer today? And it's, you know, my kids praying for elderly uh, within the neighborhood, praying for business owners that are struggling. And so I just want to make sure that we don't just see this as an opportunity to watch more Netflix or to you know work more from home or whatever. Um, there's an opportunity there. And the last thing I'd say, um, I believe, Garrett, we could actually be led by a lot of the business leaders right now. I mean, you talk about fear. Um, I mean, in, right now in Colorado, businesses are shut down, many of them for at least 30 days. And that can just decimate a small business owner and their family. And these are many of my friends running coffee shops and things. And just, I've just been texting them just to let them know I'm praying for them and talk through their realities with them. And I've just been so amazed by some of them saying, you know what, the day before we had to close, we actually said free coffee for everybody. And instead of hoarding that last day, they said, we're just going to bless open-handedly the community and um, just are leading the way knowing they don't want to tell people that they have no work for them for the next 30 days. They love their employees. So I actually think our posture, instead of just saying church leaders, we have something to say right now is just to actually ask questions and say, how are you guys doing? What do you think? You know, he has ears to hear. Let him hear what the spirit is speaking to the churches and each person in the church. So I appreciate that. And what you're saying, Garrett, is to, to not just have it be one-way communication and not even to think that we have the best things to say, but maybe how can our platforms and technology open up a word for other people to say, what do you believe God's doing in your space or your industry or your family right now? Um, but we both believe this is an opportunity uh, right now. And I hope if you're listening, if you're a church leader of any kind, you are going to have fear coming at you because everybody does right now. And yet, if we can just look beyond that, if we can pray for both clarity and courage, God, what are our next steps and, and how do we actually take them? I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, obviously, there's going to be some pain. Um, there's going to be some loss in the process. But uh, man, I, I can't wait to see um, how churches continue to innovate with that. Uh, Garrett, why don't you tell folks about Third Millennium, a little bit of what you do and how they can join on the Facebook group? Yeah, um, uh, about a year and a half ago, I started a Facebook group called Third Millennium Church and a podcast where we just wanted to dialogue about uh, where the church was headed. Um, it's way way less about sharing tools and the latest technology and more about having uh, thoughtful discussions on church innovation. Um, what are the ways to use them well? What are the things to avoid? Uh, what are things happening in the church world? Uh, what are there trends or things we need to start doing? And, and having those, those um, just judgment-free discussions and um, really trying to learn from one another and see what uh, each other are doing in the church world and, and how those things can point us to where the church is headed. So yeah, it's called Third Millennium Church, uh, spelled like it's sound, but <laughs> it's not an easy word to spell. Um, and you can, I'd love anyone to join that Facebook group and jump in there on those discussions. And uh, you can find more information about the podcast in there as well. 
Awesome. Well, Garrett, thanks for jumping on the podcast today. Thanks for all of what you do. And I believe God's going to continue to use your voice to help push the church forward in this next season.